Welcome to Dollars and Cents with a couple of gents Making money moves with the finest of gents Come and pull up a seat cause we're proud to present How to make some good decisions when you're on the fence Rob and Steve gonna tell you how to do it the best Hello and welcome to another episode of Dollars and Cents with a couple of gents My name is Steven Ellis And I am Robert Wolfson And it's cold outside <laughs> Baby it's cold outside Starting to feel a little like Christmas it is. Hey. Snow's on the ground. I'm looking forward. It makes me look forward to hearing your 12 days of investing <laughs> that I know you're working on right now. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. It's coming out. So for those who don't know what we're talking about, definitely go back in the library and listen to last year's Christmas special, 12 Days of Investing. We're going to have a 2022 version coming up soon. Yeah, that was Rob's debut, his debut single. But the good news is that I did not quit my day job. That was a <laughs> one time, I guess now a two time. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. I encourage you to do it. I mean, pursue. I, I want you to keep doing this, but I think it's something you should really pursue on the side. That is true. So for all the listeners out there, when they hear version number two, it's Steve's fault. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I've been saying, have you been working on the next iteration? You got to put it out. It's backed by popular demand. I don't think I'm the only one who wants you to do it again. You're it right. got good reviews. <laughs> it did actually. It got very good reviews. So amazingly, yeah, I am looking forward to it, as I'm sure many of our listeners are as well. Well, it's December first tomorrow, Steve, and uh, I don't know about you, but I'm actually looking forward to listening to some Christmas songs and trying to get into the spirit. It actually feels like Christmas, so it's time to get shopping and get in the Christmas spirit. The trees up in the office. We've got Christmas music playing in the lobby. Yeah, and, and in the stores, and in the stores, of course. But that was already a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, got the lights on the house and... Uh, oh, you did? Yeah. yeah. You just left them up all year, <laughs> did you? <laughs> no, I did not. Had to beat the weather and had to get them up while it was decent weather after yeah. a little cold start to November. We've had some decent weather until recently. Yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't get mine up while the weather was nice, so I'm going to be putting mine up at <laughs> min- in minus 25. I always kind of laugh when people, when I see people with lights up in November, I think those are the people that just leave them up all year. <laughs> or they're smart. Okay, fair. That's not my first thought, but my my first thought is they leave them up all year. Yeah. Second thought is, oh, those people are incredibly organized, <laughs> as is the case with you, of course. Right. So, Rob, today we have a, an exciting episode because we're doing another episode of our local business series. And if many of you remember, we did our first episode of the local business series many episodes ago. Yes. I don't think it was our intention to spread them out this much, but no. we have. There's been obviously a lot going on, a lot of topics we want we wanted to address along the way. But this is our chance to, again, bring in a local business, talk about the business a little bit, and hopefully give our listeners out there some insight or maybe an avenue to go to explore that local business themselves. And so, Rob, maybe tell us a little bit about who we've got and, and the business. Yeah, and this is actually very timely. Steve, as we were talking about the holidays uh, upon us, almost a lot of people have a nice bottle of wine uh, with their Christmas dinner or they gift bottles of wine uh, to their friends and family and loved ones. That's a very common Christmas gift idea for sure. And so with that in mind, we have James Kent joining us today, and he's the procurement manager at Wine Collective. Rob, I think statistically people tend to consume more alcoholic beverages during Christmas. That is true. I believe that's accurate. I'm by no means an expert. Maybe on St. Patrick's Day, but you're right. That's one day. But as a collective holiday season, I believe you're correct. Yes, I believe so as well. Maybe someone can correct me if I'm wrong or provide us with the actual statistics. But 
again, I'm speaking as the, a lay person, and I would say that it's likely people consume more alcohol. Yeah. So I think, that, to your point, it is quite timely. Yeah, and I don't know about you, Steve, but I do enjoy a nice glass of red wine with my Christmas dinner. You know, Rob, if I'm being totally honest, I'm not too much of a wine drinker myself, but I do buy wine. My wife drinks wine, and of course, we tend to visit family and friends over the holidays, and certainly it's customary to take a bottle of wine. So I, I would say that I have a pretty good knowledge of wine. I buy a lot of wine. I just don't actually consume it myself. So for me, this will be interesting to sort of see it, you know, as a uh, person who buys wine, if there's a better option of actually purchasing wine, maybe cheaper, maybe easier. And some different varieties than what you can just normally get at your local liquor store. So without further ado, let's welcome James Kent to the podcast. Welcome, James. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it's great to have you here. And and as we mentioned, we're talking about Wine Collective today. So maybe, James, you can just start off with what is Wine Collective? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Wine Collective is a subscription-based wine delivery service, so e-com-based. Uh, the company started about a decade ago. It's Calgary-based. It was started by a, a couple of gents named um, <laughs> Matthew Prady and David Glusman. Uh, and really, the focus was about bringing exciting new wines into the market and sharing it with people. Um, so yeah, we're Canada-wide and, and based right here in Calgary. So James, with being based in Calgary, is it just online service or do you actually have like a physical storefront property for people to come and visit you as well and check out what type of types of varieties of wine you have? Yeah, we do. We've got a store called Highfield by Wine Collective. It's down in the southeast. Um, that's our retail base, but we've got a warehouse in the southeast as well, and that's where we do all the fulfillment for our Canada-wide shipping business. So if you want to see a, an example of some of the wines that we offer, absolutely, you can go check out the store. Um, but we've got a, you know a really good comprehensive idea of our offerings online as well. Where do you suggest people start? Do they go online first or does it benefit people to go to the store first? You know, if you're if you're Calgary-based, absolutely go check out the store. Leah, the store manager, is super helpful, knows a lot about wine and can really kind of give you an intro to, to what we do. But for an idea of our subscription and gifting services, absolutely go to our website, winecollective.ca. It's got a real good uh, explanation of how the service works and, and answers all the questions that you may have. Yeah, so James, I have a question for you. So... When people go to either the website or the storefront, will they see the same types of wines that they would see at their normal place where they would go to buy the wine, like Safeway Liquor Store or their community liquor store? Is it a different type of variety? Such a great question. And I think this is one of the main reasons why I encourage people to check out Wine Collective. Um, I think for me that the barrier to entry in wine is can often be quite high. It's fairly still an intimidating subject for a lot of people. So really uh, what we try and do is demystify that a little bit but also bring wines to consumers that aren't available elsewhere. So, um, you know, we're really lucky in all our Alberta market in terms of access to a huge variety of really interesting wines. But depending on where you live, you may not have a cool, uh, really well-stocked wine shop in your neighborhood. So what Wine Collective does is it brings a, a variety of offerings that aren't available elsewhere direct to your door. So there's a convenience factor there, right? I mean, your local liquor store has a certain level of convenience, but not so much as coming straight to your door. Who doesn't like Absolutely. that? Absolutely, yeah. And it's like I Christmas mean, every time you get a delivery. <laughs> that's right, yeah. And and really, for me, one of the exciting things about it, too, is that it, it really pushes you and encourages you to try wines that you might not otherwise look at. Um, I think, you know, we're all limited by our, our selection at our local stores, but we also all have different preconceptions and sort of biases around wine. And uh, really what Wine Collective encourages you to do is to really be open-minded and explore all the, the really incredible diversity that the wine world has to offer. Okay, so next question is, 
I like a specific type of wine, let's say. Say I like a drier red blend. Yeah. Right? So I go into a liquor store and I'm looking at the wines. I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't know if that's dry, if it's sweet. Uh, you know, I don't know just by looking at the bottle. With you guys, can I sort of put that input in and say, okay, I'm ordering wine. This is what I want, right? This yeah. is my this is my taste palette. Great question. So we, we talk about curation rather than customization. So because of the, the size of our membership, um, we can't really offer a, a completely customized experience. But uh, really what you get is uh, wines that have been selected by a, a team of people with a really diverse range of knowledge about the world of wine uh, and comprehensive educational information. So if you are wondering what this particular bottle that you got is going to taste like before you try it, you know, we offer a printed guide that comes with every shipment and gives you a really good sort of uh, background on the winery itself or on the, the specific bottle. Uh, and then if you navigate to our website, we've got a, a really uh, much longer reviews and descriptions of the wines. So, you know, in all likelihood, you're going to find something that you're going to love in every box. But really what we're encouraging people to do is break outside of what their normal preferences might be and be open-minded to trying different wines that they otherwise wouldn't pick up at a wine shop. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's a great concept, James. So how did it start, you said, about 10 years ago? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I came to know Wine Collective by working on the import side of the wine business in Alberta, and um, they were an early customer of mine when I worked for a, a sales agency. But uh, really, it started out of a garage. It was really kind of humble beginnings. Uh, and the desire was to, um, you know, take this this wine knowledge and experience and share it with people who were just starting their journeys into the world of wine and to make it really accessible. So it started small, just Calgary-based, uh, you know, delivery out of the back of a van of a monthly uh, curated wine pack with information and since then it's grown and obviously now um, you know with the the sort of opening of, of restrictions provincially we were able now to ship across most of Canada which I think from the humble beginnings which was truly like out of a garage uh, it, it, it's great to see and the the response has been amazing and I think there's a lot of people that are uh, you know at that stage in their wine learning journey that they want to uh, explore a little bit more. James, maybe you can speak to some of the challenges. Uh, you know, you talked about the business operating out of the back of a van. You know, very grassroots start <laughs> yeah. to the to the business. Maybe you can talk about some of the challenges along the way going from that to where the business is today? For sure, yeah. I, I mean, one of the early hurdles was technology, and that's kind of what, what has led the company in the direction that it's going in now. Um, in the early days of the club, and as it started to grow, uh, what the founders realized was that there wasn't really a software um, application out there that allowed them to manage the club effectively as it grew. It was uh, really kind of a manual process. So uh, being uh, entrepreneurs and, and tech-based guys as well, um, the founders decided to, well, you know, the software isn't out there, let's write it. Uh, and then from that point on, we kind of stress tested the software with our own service, which is Wine Collective. Uh, and then it grew uh, to the business really selling that software to other wine clubs globally. So it started in Australia. Uh, it's, it's now worldwide software as a service to allow um, alcohol companies to do exactly what we do, which is sell their, their products directly to consumers. So I know Steve's going to insert the eye roll here, but COVID... <laughs> Yeah. We have to yeah. mention COVID at least once every Audible episode, it seems. I think we got away without mentioning Couple. it last, last episode. I, th I think we did. I th but most episodes have a COVID reference. Sure. So here we go, James. Yeah. Here we go. So as you know, COVID really spurred on growth of e-commerce. Obviously, people not being comfortable to go shop amongst a lot of other people. Now, liquor was one of the industries which was deemed to be 
an essential service. So liquor stores actually never closed down. But did you still find that your business had a bit of a tick up with the delivery service during COVID for Huge. from people that didn't want to go shop directly at the stores? Yeah. And, you know, I think it was partly that. I think it was partly um, a lot of people that would otherwise be spending a portion of their budget dining out um, were finding that they were, rather than doing that, they were eating and drinking at home. And so some of that um, household budget that would otherwise have been allocated to, to doing just that went towards, um, you know, maybe buying rather than, you know, a $20 bottle at home, they're now drinking a $40 bottle because they're not, you know, facing that restaurant markup. And not only that, people weren't traveling. So um, from a gifting standpoint, because we can ship Canada-wide, if you would otherwise maybe be flying home for the holidays to spend time with with family and friends, uh, it was such a really great option to stay connected with people, uh, send them wine, share that experience with them without uh, being able to travel. So James, I mentioned earlier that I'm not much of a consumer of wine personally, but I do buy a lot of wine for other people. (laughs) So if I'm sending someone a bottle of wine, what does that look like on the other end? Can I set it up to have my name attached to it? Is it it packaged differently than if I was ordering it myself? Absolutely. So uh, especially around the holidays, this is a a big gifting season for us. And the way our gifting subscriptions work is uh, if you were to gift it to somebody else anywhere in Canada, uh, they would get their first shipment on January, uh, mid-January. But prior to that, you'd get a, a PDF that says, you know, welcome to Wine Collective, you've been gifted a subscription, which you can then either print out or email to the recipient. So, I mean, if you guys are procrastinators like I, I tend to be, you can really buy that gift right up until the very last minute, um, hand them a little certificate that says they've been entered in, uh, you know, to a subscription for Wine Collective, and then they start receiving their, their monthly subscription. Okay, so you mentioned subscription a few times there. So let's talk about how it actually works. So I'm I'm buying a subscription. Uh, I assume the subscriptions are for different amounts of wine, timing's different. Maybe you can speak to how that works a bit. Yeah, we've got a lot of options. So uh, as an individual subscriber, you can go from anywhere from two to six bottles per month. Uh, you can specify whether you like uh, just white wine, a mix, uh, or all red. And then we have our what we call our essentials and our premium categories. So essentials to me is like really just great everyday wines. If you're just getting into you, you know your journey of learning about wine, it's a, an excellent place to start. Uh, whereas the premium is more sort of seller worthy selections. So if you're you're already a you know a long time wine connoisseur or lover, if you have a small collection at home and you want to develop that, that that'd be where I'd recommend you go. But uh, the frequency is uh, always monthly. Um, really, once you sign up, uh, you get a notification that, hey, you know, your, your, your month's wine is on the way. It arrives at your door, different couriers based on where you are in Canada. Uh, and then you can really cancel or change your subscription at any time. Uh, but then once you're a member, you also have access to our uh, e-com store uh, and you get access to exclusive membership pricing as well. I think one thing you touched on there, James, is that wine obviously has different price points. And whether you're a new drinker to wine or a, a veteran or a connoisseur, um, obviously... Or, or drink it out of a box. <laughs> or drink it out of a box, exactly. No, no judgment. You can't, no judgment. You can't right. do that here, I don't think. No, maybe not. But obviously there's different price points. Um, so how does your subscription work? Do you accommodate all different types of price points as well in your subscription services? Yeah, great question. I'm, there are the two sort of tiers that I discussed, the essential and premium. And then based on a budget standpoint, um, and especially for gifting, uh, really you can decide on how much you want to spend by the length of the gift or the subscription itself. Um, we, we always try and go for bang for your buck. That's a big, big focus for me uh, as part of the procurement team. We're looking for wines that really over deliver at every price point. Um, obviously, 
you know, I, I listened to the podcast episode you guys did on inflation and, you know, it's, it's a very real concern for a lot of people. And um, for something like wine, which can be considered, uh, you know, a little bit of a luxury buy, uh, it's absolutely a consideration. But um, end of the day, we're always trying to find wines that uh, really over deliver, punch above their price point uh, and offer something different that you can't get at your local liquor store. So here's a question I've always wanted to ask someone who knows more about wine than I do, James, is that, so when I first started drinking wine a number of years ago, of course, you're always trying to look under $20, find those value bottles. Now I find that I drink a bit more. I'm kind of more in that kind of, I would say, $22 to $35 range, and I'm I'm okay to spend that. But is it true that as you spend more on wine, that it is actually a better wine? Or is it all just to taste? Um, You know, it's a great question. I think... um to some degree, there's a number of fixed costs that go into wine production. And this gets into like sort of a little bit of the geekier, like back end business stuff of winemaking. But glass bottles are always going to go up in price. Labels are always going to cost what they cost. Shipping has increased dramatically worldwide, as I think we all know. So there's a number of those fixed costs that go into um, getting a bottle of wine to your to your door. Um, and so the more of the, the total price uh, of the bottle is fixed cost, the less of that it goes into the actual value of the wine itself. So trading up price-wise, generally speaking, you are going to get a higher quality bottle, especially in the early stages of that trade-up. Like if you go from that $15 bottle to a 20 to a 25, you're, you're getting pretty uh, substantial increases in, in quality of the farming of the fruit. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, it is going to come down to taste and your preferences. If you like that $15 bottle, fill your boots. I mean, uh, why not? I, I think uh, there's a lot of really great wine to be had at the value uh, end of the spectrum, but there's also fantastic, you know, 50, 60, $100 bottles. How much does weather factor in, in, in that particular vintage too? You know, if 2020 was a great year or, or, you know, 2016 was a great yeah. year for, for the grapes, how much of a yeah, factor is that? It, it, it's huge. And it, to me, it's one of the really exciting things about, um, really exploring the world of wine is uh, it is fundamentally an agricultural product. So, you know, when you, you, you talk about ordering a, a beer, um, it's it's almost always going to be made the same way and with the same ingredients. And they're going for uh, consistency. You want it to taste the same every time. But the exciting thing about wine is vintage over vintage, that those weather changes in that given year are going to impact the way the wine tastes. So we, we try to even uh, revisit wines in our club. So we'll have a wine that's maybe exclusive to us that will feature several vintages in a row, really just to give you a chance to explore how those uh, changing conditions impact the, the final wine. Right. You actually answered my next question, which was, do you <laughs> consider the vintage when you're putting wines into the, the offering? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, we, we, we taste every bottle that goes out um, to our, our customers. So there's a real rigorous... That's a good, that's a good perk. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, I joke that I drink a lot of bad wine, so you don't have. To <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta kiss a lot of frogs, and there there's a, a ton of wines out there, and and so really a, a big part of my job is uh, that selection process and really uh, kind of winnowing out the the real winners, the ones that are uh, really over deliver for for what they are. So James, I'm sure our listeners agree. It sounds like a great business. I think <laughs> you know my my question is. Where do you go from here? What does the business look like, you know, two, five, ten years down the road? That's that's a great question. I think, you know, uh, 
smarter minds than mine would probably be better to answer that. But from my standpoint, I think uh, we still have a, a lot of work to do in terms of just getting the word out there about what we are. I think, um, you know, I, I'm originally from Ontario, so that's a market that, you know, is dominated by a provincial board. Uh, and so access to wine is really controlled. Um, and I think one of the great things that we offer is a chance to explore wines that are outside of that realm. And uh, I think we've really only scratched the surface. There's so many wine lovers uh, in Canada that, um, you know, maybe haven't yet discovered us and uh, have yet to be really turned on to the incredible and exciting, I think, diversity that, that the wine world has to offer. So a great business. You've just got to get the word out there. So how are you doing that? What's the, what's the marketing strategy? Um, again, smarter minds than me and more marketing focused minds would, would give a better answer to that. But obviously, there's a, a you know a lot of online marketing. It's a lot of word of mouth. That's a, a huge thing that we rely on because wine is something that generally people share. You're not you know necessarily just popping a bottle for yourself. So what we uh, really love is our our really engaged membership that likes to talk about what we do. Um, and they'll take a bottle to a dinner party or to a friend. They'll gift a subscription to somebody if they've had it themselves, uh, and they'll. Really Really kind of uh, spread the word organically, which is a, a huge part of it. And going on popular podcasts. That's right. Talking about yeah. the business. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. That's right. So we started the episode, James, talking about just how this time of year, very popular for not only consuming wine, but gifting wine. So for people that want to check you out, where do they find you? Yeah, the best bet is winecollective.ca. We've got a, a whole page that explains our gifting op, uh, options and offerings, uh, FAQ of how the, the club works, where we can ship to, and we've got an incredible customer service team. So any questions that uh, anyone might have after uh, checking out the website, we've got people on hand to, to answer and uh, really make this as painless as possible. And James, you also mentioned there is a storefront location here in Calgary as well. Yeah, Highfield Liquor by Wine Collective. So it's at uh, 1259 Highfield Crescent. Um, Leah, the store manager, say hi if you go in. She's she's great, very helpful. Uh, and uh, the store stocks a lot of our recent features from the club. Okay, so final question, and maybe the most difficult, is favorite wine. Yeah, it is, and I get asked it a lot, but I don't have an easy answer. So uh, for white wine, I drink a lot of Italian whites. There's a lot of really amazing uh, indigenous grape varieties that uh, we're starting to see in our market. Uh, and for red, um, i got to go to my first love, and that's Spanish red, so especially Rioja. That's, that's got to be my favorite. Rob, what about you? So to be honest, Steve, I'd, I'm actually not a white drinker. I drink mostly Raz, although my wife drinks a lot of white. So she likes a dry white. So I was looking for a nice bottle of dry white for my wife. But personally for me, J-Lor is an easy go-to. The Cabernet Sauvignon, I've been drinking a lot of Behringer lately as well. Those are two of my favorites right now. Yeah. For me, because I can't not answer this question <laughs> after I've asked you guys, even though I'm not much of a wine drinker myself, I got to say Hawk Teller in a box. It's just, <laughs> it's just so. Does the job. Uh, no, in all seriousness, um, I do drink a little bit of, of wine. It tends to be red, tends to be blends. But I think sort of my go-to easy wine is actually the Dreaming Tree Crush. Oh, I don't oh. know if any, it's, 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 it's like 15 bucks and it's right. it's just easy. And yeah. yeah, so like I said, there's probably people out there laughing <laughs> about about my wine I, choice. Well, I but, hope not. And, and I mean, that I think that speaks to the way that some people are intimidated by wine, which which is unfortunate. Like it's it's such a, a cool subject to dive into. And you should never, ever feel any shame about, you know, what your preferences are and, and, and know that they'll change. Right. As you explore more wines. Like yes. Yeah. That's, that's what it's all about. 
Yeah, and I think that something like Wine Collective would be perfect for me because my wife bugs me all the time because I'll go to Highlander. It's close to my house, and they bring in a lot of different varieties as well. And every time I come home, I'll have a different type of bottle because I like to experiment and try. But you never know until you open that bottle if you're going to like it or not. That's right. But I do like to experiment, see what's on sale, see yeah. what's different, see, and then try different wines. So I do enjoy the variety. So I think I would really enjoy uh, a subscription for I'll sure. Okay, a discount code. I actually just thought of another wine that I really enjoy, and that's um, uh, from the winery Laughing Stock. And they've got a couple, Blind Trust and Portfolio. Yeah. And I actually had a Magnum one time. I won some kind of contest. I can't remember what it was, and I, I, got, I won a Magnum of the uh, the Portfolio. Have you had it yet? Or I have had it, yes. Okay, it, was, it was gone on a nice hot summer day. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I know, you're, I know you're not necessarily supposed to drink red wine as no. much in the summer. It's a white wine thing, but a, sitting out on the back deck drinking red wine was was a perfect day. So. It's a great barbecue yeah. red, and it, it, it's a great red for, you know, we always have cool nights here, even on hot days. And so, yeah, and Laughing Stock is such an iconic Canadian and o- Okanagan winery. And such a great tie-in for you guys from the, the financial side of things. Yeah, so for <laughs> listeners, if you're looking in a liquor store, it has the tit, like the TSX ticker around the bottle, so it looks like it's uh, And stock those are market. the actual values of those stocks on the day the grapes were harvested. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So I have one last question for you, and this might be a good closing. Rosés become way more popular recently. Yeah. I've found anyways the last couple of years. Is there a rosé that you would recommend? You know, we only feature rosé a couple of times a year in the club. Uh, we did um, a really great Italian one last year called uh, Giuliani Vicini. Uh, it's Unfortunately, well, I shouldn't say unfortunately, it's exclusive to Wine Collective, so you've got to be yeah. a member to get it. But um, I think Provence Rosé uh, has had such a, an upsurge, but I think people are now starting to look at uh, rosé from other parts of the world, which is really exciting because they make great rosé in, in Italy, in Spain, uh, in the U.S., in Australia. So uh, now that people are accepting that most rosés are dry, they're starting to get a little more adventurous in their drinking and, and going outside of just, just the, the, the old school Provence. Well, James, we've learned a lot today, and I think we've got, a, you know, another option in terms of how we uh, purchase wine. Yeah, and yeah. I think you have a new client right here. Oh, hopefully, yeah. I mean, really, it's all about making it accessible and, and interesting and exciting to people. So hopefully we, we've done our job, and yeah, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Well, Steve, that was awesome. So I don't know about you, but that d- definitely gives me a Christmas gift idea for some family out there because I'm starting to do my shopping. You mean the box of Hockteller? That, that, that's the one I was thinking of, That yes. was the one, yeah. I figured that was probably the one you were thinking of. Rather than the wonderful varieties and more delectable bottles of wine <laughs> that are offered at uh, Wine Collective. Thanks again to James and Wine Collective for joining us. And as always, I'm Stephen Ellis. And I'm Robert Wolfson. And we are... A couple of gents. And we'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>